0: Ah. Alright, Weekday Wednesday We're damn near to Christmas time, folks It is, oh, look at that Dead iPad, I love it We're going to have to use it Oh, boy, it's one of those mornings May as well be Monday, what the heck Alright, well, happy Weekday. Wednesday, everybody, we're going to get to do a show Somehow, someway um, We'll figure it out In the meantime, you get a theme song Get your bongs ready And we'll get going with the show. Regardless of sound effects. At least, hopefully you can hear the show. Alright, at least you can hear the show. Thanks for that. Uh, I used to have sound effects on my phone somewhere. I don't know where they are now. I don't even know if I can tune in now, because I got a new phone. And uh, we'll see. can we do it. Okay, well... (laughs) All right, welcome to Weed Day Wednesday, everybody. Uh, Kind of falling behind here on the show this morning. But yesterday I did a practice show, and hopefully um, I had to sit on air for an hour and a half. Yeah, that's funny to you, isn't it? And uh, I had to sit on air for an hour and a half and play random commercials and random songs and do random things to see if it randomly cut out. And, of course, it didn't cut out. The one show. Of nine years, for the last nine... Yeah, I know. Silver Sisters looking at me like, are you kidding me? I'm, no. So they're, they're making me use Skype. I'm calling in on Skype. So I'm, I'm hoping this, this actually lasts, and uh, we'll have a show. So today is just about um, weed, just about marijuana. We're going to pack a bomb and um, hang out, and possibly... Talk about Christmas time. Woo-hoo! Okay. Because it's coming. Sorry about there. I had to drink some. I water. It's a little dehydrating out in the desert. I went for my whole one-mile run. Yes, I killed it. Nailed it. Reggae Ryan's laughing over there. He's like, one mile. I'll do that in my sleep. I do that in the bathtub. All right, whatever, you 50-mile beasters over there. Someone's getting ready to do 5,000 miles, I'm sure, coming up next year. You know, you can run the entire Oregon Trail. You can start on one side and go to the other. Yeah, I want to run the Oregon Trail. Okay, just kidding. <laughs> That's, I would, just I, after a mile, I would drop. So, let's see. Uh, no... Uh, We have no cannabis kid today. You don't even know where he is. Are you in the country? (laughs) Where are you? Uh, This is awful. I can't get to my, like, little sound. Oh, there we go. My favorites don't have everything in it, so I'll have to hit. Oh, TikTok. I don't do TikTok. No, that's a stupid program. you guys sit and watch everyone else run their life? No, I don't do TikTok. That's dumb. Uh, Well, I think so. Anyway, whatever. Okay, air horn. All right. So, um, let's see what's going on. We've got prop two o seven coming up uh for uh ballot. It sucks, but uh, but it might pass. <laughs> we don't know um, if it does, don't worry. there's still many great reasons to stay in the medical program, and we'll list those later um because it's really important if you want to keep. The amount of medicine and the good medicine. less You guys want to pay 25% in taxes on your weed? Okay, go for it. The 25% in taxes you pay on your weed would definitely pay for your medical card um, years, years, years over. So let's give a little shout out to Tumbleweed Health Center at 4826 East Broadway Boulevard. Come on down and get certified. We're offering telemedicine. You can actually get an appointment um, over your little video cam. So check it out. We do want want to see your pretty little face, though, so it's not just a phone call because we want to make sure it's you and you're there. So you hold up your little ID, we know it's you, and it's all good, unless it's from, like, 40 years ago. And then uh, even the state of Arizona is going to question what the heck. And now I can't get to any of my things, so we'll just go back here. This is crazy. I don't know what's going on in my sound effects anymore. And no, I don't want TikTok. Now this guy's throwing a ping pong ball into a cup and everyone's watching. Why didn't I think of this first? Um, We've been throwing ping pong balls into cups for a really long time, have we not? (laughs) Since about first. All right. So come on down 4826 East Broadway Boulevard and get certified. And what is it you want to get certified for? Well, check our website out. It's brand new all the time. I keep changing it in good ways. There's an About Us section now. Um, there's a telemedicine section now. I'm updating all the sections daily, so check it out. If you have PTSD, cancer, glaucoma, AIDS, chronic pain, severe nausea, seizures, including epilepsy, any kind of seizure, though, um, there's all sorts of seizures, and there's so many seizures, we probably don't even have a name for them. But Parkinson's and things like that, Muscle spasms, those kinds of things. Uh, HIV, Hep C, ALS, Crohn's, agitation of Alzheimer's, uh, cachexia, or wasting syndrome, severe and persistent muscle spasms, including multiple sclerosis and all the other things we just mentioned. Does Parkinson's fall under that uh, muscle spasms? All right, so Parkinson's falls under the muscle spasms. You're all right with that. And you're eligible for your medical cannabis card if you're just being treated for something. Um, If you don't hear your condition on here, Uh, and you're being treated for it, and and if it's causing any of those problems, you can go ahead and get your card. If you suffer from one of these medical conditions and have been diagnosed by an Arizona-licensed physician, medical cannabis may help relieve your symptoms. Tumbleweeds Health Center is Arizona's premier cannabis certification health and education center. Our primary focus is to help the patients of Arizona obtain their medical marijuana card and educate everyone about medical cannabis. With current medical records, approval is a simple process. Contact Tumbleweeds Health Center to see if you qualify for your Arizona medical marijuana card. That's right. Give us a call, 520-838-4430. You can email THCTucson at gmail.com. Uh, you can go to our website. I'm updating it. I'm trying to put the little form uh, thing back on the bottom of it, so you can actually just go down and ask your question um, and we can answer right there for you. So let's see. What do we got going on today? We're going to do some news. We're going to do, uh, hell, maybe we'll do a strain review. <laughs> Someone wants to pack a bomb. Pick a strain. I don't know. Maybe we'll see if I can identify it. Though I always stick hash on top, so it's kind of hard to identify when you're trashed. <laughs> oh, and why didn't that lap track go? Oh, my Lord. These phones. I tell you, new, old, I don't understand them. I never will. I don't want to. They've already ruined my thumb. I can't get this to charge. (laughs) It's a grand morning. All right. Seriously, my thumb is double-jointed because of doing these, working on the phone all day long. It's so stupid. Okay. So let's see. Uh, Arizona. No. Colorado governor pardons thousands of pot convictions, which is what... You know, we would like to see happen with, oh, bless it, TikTok. Every time I try and go back, a TikTok ad comes up. This is really ridiculous, this uh, favorite sex section that I have. Um, Yeah, I'm going to have to pay for this stuff now because, uh, (laughs) wow, that's awful. I've been using this for nine years, and I've never had this kind of problem with these things. Anywho, um, Colorado governor pardons thousands of pot convictions, and and this is what we want. Yeah, we want this to happen in Arizona, but it isn't going to. Just so you know, it's not going to happen. No, it isn't, because you have to be chosen. You have to be a very specific uh, type of prisoner, I guess. To be picked out to even apply for expungement? Yeah, no shit. What's that all about? If you're gonna expunge people, expunge them. If you're not, then don't say you're gonna even give them a chance. Because Colorado Governor Jared Polis issued nearly three thousand pardons for low-level marijuana convictions on Thursday. Three thousand done. Food gone. Get out of our jail. Quit wasting our time. Quit eating our really bad food. <laughs> oh, where's my laugh track now? <laughs> You guys, suck. Um, although I bet their mashed potatoes are really good. Okay. I bet mashed potatoes anywhere are really good. Even the dry box mashed potatoes are really good. You throw enough butter on them <laughs> and salt. <laughs> Put enough salt on anything, you're a good to go, huh? Mm-hmm. Uh, you're looking a little confused over there, but <laughs> sure. All right, let's see here. Ah, Thursday, making good on calls to clear the record of people convicted of offenses no longer illegal under state law. The Democratic governor issued the pardons for thousands of convictions for possession of one ounce or less of marijuana going back decades, according to a press relief from Polis office. Quote, we are finally cleaning up some of the in, uh, inequities of the past, pardoning 27, uh, 2732 convictions for Coloradans who simply had an ounce of marijuana or less. Polis said it's ridiculous how being written up for smoking a joint in the 70s has followed some Coloradans through their entire lives and gotten in the way of their success. Mm-hmm. Polis issued the pardons under the authority of a new law that allows the governor to grant pardons to a class of defendants who were convicted of possession of up to two ounces of marijuana. The bipartisan measure, which also includes social equity provisions for Colorado's regulated cannabis industry, was passed in June and went into effect this month. All right. The pardons granted by Polis through an executive order issued on Thursday apply to state-level convictions for possession of one ounce of marijuana or less, although they do not apply to municipal marijuana crimes. Colorado legalized the recreational use of cannab- uh, cannabis adults in 2014, and possession of up to one ounce of marijuana is no longer considered a criminal offense in the state. That's awesome. I wish Arizona would do that, but they're not because they're going to just keep everybody in jail and keep their quotas up and blah, 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 blah. Um, Did you know Carlos Santana has launched a cannabis brand? Brand, Brown. Brown brand? Brand. Of course he has. (laughs) One of the best shows I've ever seen in my entire life, though. Oh, completely sober, no alcohol, no marijuana, sitting on the lawn watching him and Santana for like three or four hours with he brought out little children onto the stage. It was all this little spiritual thing, and they were all singing, and everyone's crying. And Oh, it was a big, giant, hippie mess of love. It was really awesome. Uh, legendary guitarist, Carlos Santana, and er, stop right there. We want to give a big shout-out to Eddie Van Halen and his family. We are so sorry, speaking of awesome, legendary guitarists. Been watching the news all morning and crying. Eddie was awesome. His, I didn't even know he wrote the guitar riff to beat it. That crazy um, middle section guitar slam he had going there. I didn't know that was him. That was really cool to watch him and uh, Michael Jackson on stage this morning. But Eddie and uh, Valerie and Wolf, we send our love from We'd Say Wednesday. Death sucks. And Eddie rocked. And that's what you need to know about Eddie. And Carlos Santana has announced Tuesday he's launching a brand of premium cannabis products designed to enhance healing and spiritual well-being known as... Okay, I'm going to try it. Mirio, Mar- my real, my I can't say it. Uh- yeah. Rayo Mire. Ah, serves to honor the 10 uh, time Grammy Award winning artist Mexican Heritage while inspiring Mire. Mire. There it is. Okay. Consumers to follow the light they have inside themselves. Santana told High Times in a phone interview that that name comes from the concept that God imbued you, me, and everyone with heavenly powers. The brand's initial uh, offerings include five packs of half gram pre rolls and 7-gram jars of premium cannabis flowers. The products will be available in three different sun-grown strains or categories of con- including Radiance, Sativa, Symmetry, Hybrid, and Centered Indica. Santana hopes the new line will help those who enjoy the products find peace and separation from a sometimes chaotic world. Quote, I want to be able to create a brand that gives you detachment. He said detachment means you don't give a crap or you don't give an F. It means you care, but emotionally you're not invested in bringing you bringing you down. Santana asserts that for decades, cannabis has helped achieve a mindset to create music that is played with the influence of mind expansion. Um, I think they meant mind expansion, but it's mind, M-I-N-E. Where's the laugh track now? Out here, they would appreciate such a joke. They love mind expansion. <laughs> yeah, not many people are for it, but you know, hey. Um, all right. So you're trying to expand your mind expansion and I totally lost where I was. In the past when I took a toke, all of a sudden I was hearing with the same ears and feeling with the same heart of like Jimi Hendrix or Jerry Garcia. And they would expand my imagination and expansion of how to utilize emotion, passion and feelings to create a note that would hang outside of time with eternity, he explained. To create the product line for Miro, Myro, whatever. Uh, Santana combined his years of personal experience with the know-how of professionals at Left Coast Ventures who have invested a lot more into the knowledge than I have. For example, planned topical formulations will be based on home remedies made by his mother when he was growing up in Tijuana, Mexico. It was 50-50 hands-on, Santana said, of the product development process. I invited them to create ointments and certain things like my mother used. My mother would grab a chunk of marijuana and put it in a jar with alcohol, let it simmer for a couple hours, and then she would take it out, rub it in her hands, on her joints, or knees, and would cure her arthritis and pain. With the launch of Mirio, um, Myri? My, I gotta go back up. Hold on. I keep mispronouncing that. And it, and it even gave us the pronunciation. Uh, all right. Never mind. We'll get back to that. With the launch of the new uh, brand, it's in the largest market for illegal cannabis in the United States. Cynics might suggest that Santana is hoping to cash in for personal gain, but he insists that his motives are philanthropically uh, driven. My goal is to share the financial proceeds of all this with American Indian reservations, Navajo Apache, And Hopi, everyone, to help children all over the world. But specifically, I would like to pledge the majority, if not all, to American Indians to help education, Santana explained. Hopefully, we can invite sisters and brothers to become lawyers, which will be, for the new warriors of today, scouts to protect the rights that the white man don't abide by. So for me, it's just utilizing the energy for the highest good of my sisters and brothers. In closing, Santana suggested that a hedonistic motto popular during the days of his professional career should be replaced with a more spiritual mantra. Quote, Timothy Leary said, tune in, turn on, drop out. Okay, but Timothy Leary was doing acid. Come on, guys. All right, what we say today is enjoy your own life and create miracles and blessings. Peace. Myro um, by Santana is available at select dispensaries in San Francisco in Southern California, with priority being given to Latin ex-owned uh, businesses. More information about the new brand is available online. Ready to go, Carlos! Maybe you can give. Well, I do know, that Eddie, Maybe you can put give some of that money to the Eddie Van Halen Guitar Fund. I think uh, we should have an Eddie Van Halen Guitar Fund where kids go and learn to play like Eddie. I think that would be a really good thing. Do you think? I think so. All right, Carlos. Look at him with his little brand. I met your brother before he passed. I'm sorry. He was a really nice guy. I didn't get a chance to meet you, but bananas at large for all you geeky musicians out there. Get on over there in San Rafael and Santa Rosa. All right. So there you have it. Some more news from High Times Magazine. We are going to um, read a little bit more of the uh, initiative the legalization initiative. And I think we've had someone on the line for a whole long time here. Let's see who we've got and uh, say hello and welcome to Weeds Day Wednesday. Good morning. Welcome.
4: Good good morning. Good morning uh, show star. This is Ares calling from Israel.
0: Hello Aaron from Israel. How are you?
4: I'm doing well. How are you?
0: I'm doing fantastic. Thank you for coming onto our show. Have you been listening for a while?
4: I mean, not the um, time. <laughs> well, I, uh, I, um, we're supposed to have an interview, I believe, next Wednesday. But I just wanted to make sure that uh, <laughs> um, you know that I can connect to you, and so I just logged in, and here I am.
0: I just wanted to say hi. Here you are, awesome. Well, thanks for joining. Yeah. in. we had you on a while Bill, and we're going to have you on, I think, in two weeks from now. So we'll have we'll get all that information on our website and get you get you going. Um, but how's it going over there this morning? Excellent. It's going well, really, is it really well. Over there. It's like evening, it's right? It's actually
4: 6.20 it like. p.m., yes.
0: Yeah. I, yes, I 6.20 p.m. I a lot later.
4: All right. Yeah, and uh, it's your, really uh, great to, to hear you. guys. Yeah. <laughs> My Thank evening you. strain is always some kind of indica but you know in israel you can't know what strain you're smoking because it's illegal here so unless you have a medical marijuana card you don't know what you're smoking and you know unlike uh, in washington state where you, where i lived until last year so it's a kind of a downgrade in conditions
0: oh that's a total downgrade so can you get a medical card there
4: I I probably could. You know, the reason I was uh, smoking marijuana in in the United States was because of anxiety. And here in Israel, they have this really strange law that if you suffer from anxiety, you can't get a medical marijuana card. There's so much confusion about, you know, what it does, what it doesn't do. But because they know that for some people it can cause anxiety, they they just don't give you. And so, you know, I could probably get one, but, you know, I just rather hook up from friends when I need to. You know how that is.
0: Oh, we do. (laughs) Days long ago. We call that back in the day. So um, do your friends know what they're growing? I mean, can you find out strain specifics from them, or do they know?
4: Rarely, rarely. It's very rare that somebody knows what they're growing. So what we do here, we give names to the strains that we smoke, um, and we give right. them codes. For example, you know, uh, the mechanic. You know, I have a friend who's a mechanic. So, you know, I have a mechanic number three <laughs> and the mechanic number two. And, you know, we like, it. yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Mechanic number I yeah. My
0: dad was a mechanic. I'm going to have to try that train. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Oh, oh. So okay. I have so many questions for you, but we're going to have you on in a couple weeks. Maybe we'll just have you continue to listen to the show with us. And, uh, and I can ask all those Sounds questions. Good. I can, I just want to ask now one real one real quick question. If you get caught in Israel without your medical card, what happens?
4: So until about a few months ago, I think um, you know you could you could be persecuted, potentially go to jail. Depends how much you had on you. But uh, they really eased the the law um, uh, a little bit mm. back. And now if they catch you, you get a ticket you pay a fine, but, uh, you know, you're not going to, you know, you're not going to have, uh, they're not going to persecute you. So,
2: you know, wow. you,
4: it's, it's easier than it used to be, but it's, it's still, it's not something you want to happen.
2: Yeah.
4: <laughs> you know?
0: No, 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 not yeah. at all. Um, yeah. 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 Which is right. a shame, well, but yeah, it is. And, but it's good that the world is changing and it's. It's good that it's becoming more open and, um, yeah, get your medical card if you can. You know, just don't get caught. And, uh, we always encourage medical cards just because, you know, all governments are, are weird when it comes to marijuana and we don't want anyone to ever get in trouble. Um, I'm sure you heard that's about true. Colorado expunging, yeah, expunging all those records. So, um, hopefully nothing like that. Yeah, that's wonderful. To Hopefully, yeah. yeah. I mean, really we're is. we're
4: heading. Everybody's heading towards legalization at some point or another. It's just a matter of time. But uh, hopefully, yeah. sooner rather than later. Well, th- thank you so much for uh, letting me on the show, and I'll speak to you in two weeks.
0: Awesome. Thank yeah. Thank you so much for coming on, and uh, we'll. I look forward to asking you many more questions in a couple weeks. We'll talk to you then. Sounds good. Bye bye. All right. All right. There's thank you and uh, we're going to have him on in a couple of weeks, and we'll be able to ask a lot more questions. I think he's doing some really great scientific work out there in the world, and uh, I think he's been working with uh, Raphael Biome, Shula and some different folks out there. So we'll be excited to talk to him. Next week on the radio show, we have, and if you go to the radio section, uh, where is it now? I, 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 all my sections are moved around. Um, but next week, we've got uh, Merrill Montgomery and Valerie Sakota on. And I have to say, I was looking at your pictures, and Valerie, you look like a grown-up um, Christmas flint from uh, my new favorite movie, uh, If you haven't seen it, Dakota Compton is badass and I want to be your best friend. because you need to be best because you look like her. <laughs> we can smoke and be best friends. There you go. Valerie Sakota and Meryl Montgomery coming on next week. All right. So that was exciting. You have some, I love when people just pop up on air. It's always a little scary, but <laughs> it's also very fun. Um Let's see, what else we have going on? Let's check out azmarijuana.com, and let's see if we have any Arizona news that we can report in here. Um, let's see. Beep, be, be. So we are going to talk about um, the proposition, and um, we're going to read a little bit more. If you want to come on air and talk about it, that's totally fine. Um, that That would be a good thing if anyone has an opinion about it. Um, or opinion about anything we're we're ready to listen Are chronic conditions holding you back
3: from a happy healthy life get on the right track with tumbleweeds health center our cbd products are formulated to fit your healthy lifestyle i would definitely say that cbd has changed my life
1: i mean i don't worry about my dog anymore and i don't worry about sleeping anymore
0: Tumbleweeds Health Center, voted number one health center in Tucson, has created a proprietary number of CBD blends, each designed to promote health and well-being. Let Tumbleweeds Health Center show you how CBD products
2: might help you improve your life the natural way.
0: That's right. We were just talking about the break. Somebody we know got a big hash hit. Laugh track. Um, oh my gosh. So sorry about the uh, sorry about the hash hit. Guess I should warned y'all. Uh, hash. <laughs> Alright, so this is... I love the earth. I hope y'all do too. New biodegradable joint tubes just made the industry even greener. Stupid! Okay, at least it's not. It's translate now. Okay, at least it's not TikTok. I was getting ready to like call TikTok. Like You guys are ridiculous. I don't even know how to get to anything anymore. The laugh track's paused. Everything's wrong. Alright, anyway, this is great for the environment and for joint smokers. In recent years... Cannabis companies have struggled to find ways to source sustainable packaging due to a lack of availability, and it's no secret that the uh, marijuana industry uh, has been a significant source of plastic waste due to single-use packaging materials and glass waste. I have not Both. They're just wasting everything, except for the weed. We don't waste our weed. What the heck is wrong with my lap track? All right. Um, on average, the cannabis industry is responsible for more than a billion units of plastic every year that's disgusting but as of late companies have taken steps towards greener alternatives such as biodegradable packaging recycling packaging and more technologies are also in the works these make unnecessary sound like an understatement in fact distribute distributors and dispensaries often sell product packaging that is four to thirty times larger than the content size oh my lord that's the truth take these for example What's that? Oh, it's all over. One gram of wax comes in 30 grams of packaging. Are you kidding? One quarter of flour comes in a 29 gram bottle. You put a whole ounce of. Gram of flour comes in four grams. The above numbers are Um, the shockingly large amount of plastic waste being bought and sold is inconsistent with an industry that provides. Oh, that prices on being plant-based and earth-friendly. The problem has largely been attributed to federally-based laws requiring child-resistant closures on top of the already excessive package, uh, packaging stipulated by states for individual or bulk cannabis products. As consumers have noticed, the detrimental effects that uh, immoderate plastic packaging is on global pollution and greenhouse emissions, they are demanding for greener alternatives. In response, companies like uh, marijuana packaging have put their best foot forward in creating a solution for the problem at hand. The Los Angeles-based company, known as industry leaders for their expertise in cannabis packaging, have finally released their line of biodegradable joint tubes that are expected to change the game for the industry. After we dug deeper, research showed that 90% of consumers worldwide are more likely to support businesses that demonstrate support for environmental issues. Talk about a win-win. So here's how they did it. The biodegradable pre roll tubes are made with bioplastic materials consisting of biopolymer and bioblend resins. The resins are natural, renewably sourced, and made from plant-based materials, effectively reducing harmful chemical, uh, chemicals produced by fossil fuels. The bioblend is melted down, infused with number 5 polypropylene to create a compound formula that will anaerobically degrade. This consumes less energy and reduces greenhouse gas emissions. The science that helped to create bioplastic is relatively new, which means that any company who attempts to manufacture biodegradable packaging uh, materials must undergo rigorous uh, test (coughs) methods in order to meet the qualifications for biodegradable certifications. Well, I think Earth is worth all the testing. Uh, as such, biodegradable joint tubes, along with other biodegradable products, go through ASTM-D5511 test methods in order to validate whether the biodegradable materials are able to achieve at least a 90% degradation uh, within 241 days of disposal. That's pretty bitchin'. Wow, they have to they have to be 90% gone and eaten up within less than a year. That's freaking awesome. The ASTM tests are administered under laboratory conditions in order to test how the additives and bioblends will react in contact with soil. Furthermore, bioplastic pre roll tubes are also required to pass child resistant ASTM testing, certifying their closures are reliably child proof and durable throughout the product's lifespan. Currently, Arizona's only strict requirement for cannabis packaging is that the container must be child resistant. There are several additional requirements as far as labeling is concerned. However, the state's main priority when it comes to the package itself is to ensure the contents stay safely out of the hands of minors. Although the state has not specified whether the child-resistant packaging must be applied to individual products or rather to exit packaging for collective purchases. That said, there is a greater leniency when it comes to integrating sustainable products such as biodegradable joint tubes, Uh, into Arizona's medical dispensaries. As cannabis companies begin to realize the importance of reducing plastic waste as well as their ecological footprint, production of sustainable packaging will continue to increase, expanding availability, and reducing costs. Working towards implementing biodegradable product lines will help reduce the amount of plastic waste that ends up in landfills each year and reverse life-threatening consequences such as pollution and climate change, making a difference is an uphill battle, but every biodegradable joint tube sold in place of a plastic joint tube is a step towards restabilizing the industry's environmental impact. So that is the gist of it. You can find plenty more information about marijuana packaging oh, on the Marijuana Packaging website. Um, as updates continue to circulate, we will continue to bring you the latest in sustainability in the cannabis industry, and we will also bring you this.
2: My house like, what up? I got some good pot. I'm just pumped up. Got some herb from the pot shop. Ice in the fridge. It used to be frosty. My friends like, damn, that's a stoned ass donkey. Rolling in hella hot. Looking like it's of time. Dominating all my friends as I eat some chili fries. Draped in a snuggie with my girl sitting next to me. Probably shouldn't have had a big gulp full of ice tea. Hello, hello, my main man, Obama. A couple states have just reformed their laws on marijuana. What you gonna do, send the feds there? Hell no. The DEAs will be like, ah, oh, they got volcanoes. I'm
3: gonna smoke some weed. Only got $20 in my pocket. I'm a hunt, looking for a pot shop This. Hypocrite, You used to smoke weed, so... I'm gonna smoke some weed. Only got $20 in my pocket. I'm a huntin'. looking for a fight shop. This is fucking awesome. Let's end the war on drugs. It's time to the club. These special interest groups are nothing more than corporate clubs. Let's end the war on weed, The people have agreed. Woo!
0: Awesome. Woo! Damn soundtracks. Welcome back to Weeday Wednesday if you're tuning in here. It is October seventh for the best yeah. I don't even know if I said it. I came around to say it and I got distracted and I did it. It's the 7th. Oh, you know what time it is. You know, we should be getting out. We should be getting out our Michael Myers, um, Mike Myers theme song. Oh, yeah, because that stuff's scary. And maybe we'll end our, we'll just end the show with that. But you know what we're going to do? Um, We're going to continue on, if I can get this to work. We're going to continue on with... um. Well, let's see here. I think we're just going to go Doug Fine. Yay! Yay! Um, we're going to go Doug Fine. Story time. Oh, and let's see. How many? What's our percentage? We have 13%. Lucky 13. So let's see if we can get it to work here. Um, not now. We don't want to enter settings. All right. So we've been listening to Doug Fine's awesome new book. And if you guys haven't seen or heard of Doug Fine, go to DougFine.com and look him up. Uh, American farmer adventures and misadventures in the cannabis trade is what we we're listening to. We only have five hours and 26 minutes left. So, with that, let's play the audiobook. Let's see what happens. Let's turn up our sound first. And
1: Oregon in 2018. That's Tricombs. Yeah. Edgar dressed as Bernie. I was somewhat predictably a space cadet. Combine oxen face off. It all went so smoothly, quickly, and most pleasing of all, quietly in Oregon in 2018 that I decided to do a little bit of research on farmers' historical experiences with pre-John Deere modes of harvest. Mm -hmm. I started with the Founding Fathers. George Washington loved his oxen. In his diary entry of October 15, 1787, Washington notes that he had eight available for harvesting on one of his farms. As soon as spring sprung the next April, he was out with them again recording a successful planting of barley and grass seeds with a harrowed oxen. 231 years later, I had the great honor of harvesting hemp in those same fields with an 18th century sickle. Dean Norton, Mount Vernon's terrific estate horticulturalist for the past 50 years, invited me, Virginia hemp activist and entrepreneur Jason Amatucci, and a few others to that first hemp harvest on Washington's farm in 200 years. And that same day, I had the opportunity to thank a team of the red oxen who has sown the hemp fields in the spring with no spraying. I'm seriously considering pack animals when my personal fields scale up. Can't be harder than goats, I thought, as I left Mount Vernon and checked into National Airport with terpene reeking fingers fusing to my ID. (laughs) While the plane taxied, I wondered what first motivated farmers toward diesel combines. Maybe it was effective advertising. Maybe it was a sense that the grass is greener. Your neighbors invested in this soot-belching miracle machine. Maybe it'll make the life of the farmer easier. Heaven knows we need that Still. As I watched the Washington Monument, the Capitol, and the Mount Vernon-Hempfield shrink to miniature, it occurred to me to examine whether anyone had researched the relative efficiency of mechanized versus non-mechanized harvesting. The folks before myself had stood long enough holding the wrong-sized socket wrench during a floater delay to wonder. Indeed, they had. Just as pack horses and oxen were going away in the United States in 1935, the American Economic Review conducted a study called Tractor versus Horse as a Source of Farm Power. It concluded that a tractor can, per hour, do more work than a pack animal. Can. When it's working. A 2006 Nebraska field test between a 1936 tractor and a team of horses showed the tractor, if working nonstop, was about twice as fast as plowing a 48 field, which isn't that much. It didn't cover floater constants such as breakdowns, fuel and maintenance costs, and hearing damage. When it comes to cost, the pack animal harvest wins by sevenfold, according to a 2015 article in Small Farmers Journal. A team of horses, including food, clothing, and equipment, the article noted, averaged $3.39 to operate, versus $21.21 for a tractor. Mm. Plus, you get to crawl about petroleum-free harvesting on your labels and social media. To my mind, it kind of comes down to your preferences for exhaust, burning dinosaurs, or fetid manure, and to your preferences for decibel level, deafening, or idyllic. My alarm clock on the Funky Butte Ranch at this time of year, peak spring, is the local hummingbirds finding the Russian sage outside the bedroom window at sunrise. You can smell the flower beds from inside. By contrast, the first and only time I heard my 2016 farm partner, John Williamson, swear was because of a different kind of smell. I had just broken for lunch after a morning spent hand-collecting the flour expelled by the vegetable oil-powered grain combine. I was in the kitchen with Graham, John's in-law and our cook that year Eating homegrown potatoes When my phone sang And it was the normally taciturn farmer Screaming from the field The effing blades are turning blue That's not good I asked You should smell them They're melting If I hadn't checked them when I did It would have burst into flame Williamson, remember, is a classic non-whiner After a half century of farming He was seeing something new Forevermore, at every combine harvest, I make sure everyone periodically hops in front of the machine's header, the front-end combine attachment sporting the actual blades, with machete or crocodile Dundee knife drawn. The goal is to detangle and remove the latest spooling layers of, trust me, one of Earth's strongest fibers from the blades buried beneath. Here's a survival tip when executing this maneuver. Shut off the engine first hemp related combine fires are almost always due to fiber wrapping even without the blades turning blue floater demands that nearly every hemp combine harvest is going to come to a halt every couple of acres in order to hack off the stalks from a knotted weave around the blades these can wrap so densely that sometimes it seems to me it would be easier just to bring out some seamstresses to the field and let them loom it Melting blades are just one combine issue. Then there is the need for continual blade sharpening. This unavoidable task alone sent me shopping for oxen on Craigslist. Here again, John is the model. He spent the dawn hour on harvest day in 2016 as he had on planting day in his shop. My job that morning was to carry in the aptly named very heavy star blades from the 86 John Deere combine to John one at a time while he sent a curtain of steel flakes hailing into my hemp shake. I'm hard pressed to think of anything I'd less like to have as part of my work life than combine blade sharpening. Still, even with the constant stream of combine horror stories in the hemp farming world, The arguments I put forth here are not black and white. My foil in the debate is good old Aaron Rydell of Salt Creek Hemp. His tax return occupation should read Grease Monkey. For years before coming to hemp, he fixed choppers. Aaron likes noise, reminds him he's awake, or else he can't really hear it anymore. Diesel to him smells like victory. Since getting Salt Creek's long out-of-warranty combine super cheap Aaron has enjoyed nothing more than a loud morning spent welding. This allows him to entertain people like me with tales of jury rigging and tricking out. Aaron and I agree on just about everything except RPMs and pace. When I start talking about the efficiency of quieting things down, he always reminds me in the perpetual shout his ears demand, Yeah, but you only have to feed your diesel engine when you're using it. You have to pay employees and feed oxen year-round. And I would add on the animal husbandry front, know how to train them and keep them healthy and happy. Plus, build and repair their harnesses and yokes and such. All, to me, much more pleasant and intuitive tasks than adjusting manifolds and lubricating drive shafts. If Aaron rubbed a magic lamp, by contrast, He'd ask for a Sunday spent hoping a two-ton chassis doesn't roll on him as he wriggles a belt wrench around a muddy fuel filter while blowing helplessly at horseflies. There is no AAA for John Deere, not when you're out of warranty. Still, at some acreage threshold, mine might be higher than some folks, combines come into play. While only two of Vermont's 2018 hemp farms were larger than 10 acres, In the heartland, when you say your farm is 10, you mean 6,400 acres, as in 10 sections of 640 acres each. This goes back to the Homestead Act, and is how farmers think in the Nebraskas and the North Dakotas of the world. Combines are part of the family in this ecosystem. People raise them like chickens. The basic idea of the grain-harvesting combine is this as you very slowly move across your rows the plants some of them 12 feet or taller are cut then sucked by the dozens into the combine along the header's revolving reel the action of the reel aided by an auger agitates the stalks removing and depositing the ripe seed in a catchment bin the de-seeded flower and stalk then shoot out the back of the combine combines range from 12 to 40 feet across the header cost six figures new if you want the bots that do the driving for you by a GPS and are very dangerous to be around. Make sure your fingers, dogs, and children are clear when the deafening monstrosity starts up. You don't want any of these to get sucked into the gaping jaws of their blades. The things are almost strong enough to penetrate hemp fiber. I've noticed that experts position the header a few inches above the ground, Too much clearance will leave Viet Cong-like fiber spikes in your field, which are difficult to plow under or otherwise deal with next season. However, if you position the header too low, your blades can smash into the earth, hyper-extending them and ending your harvest until the new John Deere models come out. Once you've got your seeds inside the belly of the combine, emit a profound sigh of relief. The seed part of the process from here on out becomes much easier if your drying setup is on site. Like Fred Flintstone on his comparably-sized dashboard, all you have to do now is to drive the combine to your silo, deposit the seeds through a sort of reverse shop vac on the combine, and run the giant fan that you set up mid-season below the graded four of the silo. The harvest at this point smells scrumptious. That's the terpenes again. Now is when you pull out that seed moisture tester. When the seed is down to 8% moisture, probably after a day, maybe two, transfer it from the silo to your seed cleaner. My combine mentor is North Dakota's Roger Gushes. He's the kind of guy who suggests we grab a six-pack and hop on the ATV with the dogs to check out the back 10,000. In 2016, confused state and federal officials made the significant error of wrongly hassling the permitted Roger. Since then, the baby-faced religious fellow has proved himself North America's biggest organic hemp seed oil producer. His healthy oil seeds plant is running 24-7 and has been expanding nonstop since we met. Before he came to hemp, Roger harvested another strong fiber crop, flax, for two decades. So this guy has the ultimate combine creds. My invariable practice today, if an engine is imperceptibly leaking or a robust fiber crop has the header in a chokehold, is to call Carrington, North Dakota, the way the Apollo 13 crew called Houston. For the most part, Roger is a soothing voice in the harvest discussion. He's of the opinion that much of hemp's reputation for harvesting difficulty is a matter of technique. To help cope with hemp's long fiber, open your header wider than you normally would and come at it from a less aggressive angle with your blades, he told me. Even when your seed is ripe, you're harvesting when the fiber's still a little green, which makes hemp an unusual crop. That's why my advice is be gentle on the plants. Let them float in. Rotate your header at a slower speed and approach at a concave angle. If you're at a sharper angle, you'll get less cutting and more tearing. I don't know how much this advice has helped me when confronted with a combine harvest. Whenever I'm inside a combine cab, I become the toddler who first got to sit in dad's 77 Buick and clutch the steering wheel. Both times, Buick and Combine, I recognized that there was much more to this than I had imagined. I'm pretty sure a 737 cockpit doesn't have more buttons on its panel than a 2018 John Deere. The levers that are really scary. They stand like Easter Island statues near the throttle. Shift the wrong one, and you'll lower an 800 pound steel header on your partner when you intend it to shift into reverse. The whole combine harvest day is a potential Three Stooges episode. My real concern with combining hemp is the continual fiber unwrapping parties. Even Roger acknowledges this symptom of floater. Oh, yeah, you have to stop a lot during a hemp harvest, he said. You budget for it. And even when you do everything right, a combine can burst into flames. Aaron understands this firsthand. In 2017, the up-to-that-point smooth Salt Creek harvest was barely saved, thanks to a heroic half-mile round-trip sprint by longtime business partner Joe Kohler to retrieve the small fire extinguisher that was supposed to be residing in the combine for just this reason. It was an effort that left our protagonist returning his breakfast to the soil from which it came. Turned out not to matter, what with the hot test a few weeks later, but whenever he hears me tell the Blue Blade story from Vermont, Aaron says... Oh, so the combine didn't actually catch on fire? How lucky can you get? Professional hand harvesters. The combine fire of 2017 is still a sensitive topic for Aaron. As Joe tells it, when a bearing in the chaff chute broke, this is the chamber that expels the part of the harvest that you don't want in your seed hopper. The resulting friction set the combine's exhaust alight. Mechanical shop talk aside, Joe's point was, there is no way to plan for or prevent these kinds of fires. We did all our maintenance, he said, change the belts. Things just happen. Hemp fiber is strong. Bearings wear out. This fiber harvest hassle is why even Grant Dick, an early Canadian hemp farmer I profiled in HempBound, told me he quit hemp. Okay, I guess under 10 or 20 acres, it could make sense in some circumstances, to stay medieval on it, Aaron conceded recently, which I know was hard for him to do, so I hereby say, ha ha, I told you. Mm-hmm. Kidding aside, mm-hmm. hemp's reemergence in the digital age is showing for the first time in generations that a farming family can make a living while hand harvesting on small acreage, at least on paper. But is anyone yet living the regenerative model and actually earning real income? Monoculture is big business. trillion worldwide. Right from the first Farm Bill provisions passage in 2014, I and others recognized that Big Ag and Pharma had their eyes on the box store CBD market. It wasn't hard to see. All you had to do was look at who was sponsoring hemp conferences and who was working toward bogus patents on parts of our ancient plant. In an effort to help farmers leapfrog this side of the industry, I started proposing these value-added strategies to independent, regenerative entrepreneurs in 2016. After a convention keynote or a college lecture back then, I'd sometimes wake up feeling that cheerleading this ambition might be a bit grandiose at best, if not reckless. We were talking about changing the planetary farming MO of more than a century. Were we actually suggesting that a challenge to business as usual would come from perhaps the most neglected profession of the past century, independent farming? Then, in early 2018, not one but two Wisconsin farmers returned to a Midwest hemp conference held in a ho-hum, blizzard-induced state of emergency to tell me that my words had motivated them at the conference the previous year and that they had both successfully harvested and made some money in their debut season. And both did it with hand harvests. Making bank in year one? This was more than I could have said myself three years earlier. We're keeping the lights on, 56-year-old Steve Tomlins told me of his initial five and a quarter acres of organic hemp outside of Delavan, Wisconsin. We sold 150 pounds of flowers to a processor and market the rest as high-end smokable flower. That's from a one-quarter acre of Sensamea clones. The remaining five acres was a grain crop for which Tomlins said the target market is farmers and processors in nearby Midwestern states like Illinois, as they come online with hemp. He and plenty of others since have demonstrated that if a lot goes right and you work your tail off, you can reasonably expect to make a living while building soil and your local economy. My advice to folks coming in, advised Tomlins, echoing Barry, is to say no to wholesalers offering bad prices. Independent agricultural entrepreneurialism is no longer a fantasy, which is a relief. While I won't be surprised if the efforts of early-phase enterprises prove to be nearly as risky as all entrepreneurialism, stories like Tomlin's have buoyed my confidence. So much so that in North Dakota later that year, we wore hairnets and watched organic seed oil drip down into storage units from one of the huge healthy oilseed presses, I broached this topic with Roger Gushes. Does a big-time, multi-section farmer like you think this talk of hand-harvesting and pack animals is crazy? I don't think it's crazy for a second, he told me. It's a legitimate discussion. It's a question of scale, time, and available hands. You can hand-harvest and still be a pro, I asked, if you go value-added? Let me put it to you this way, Roger said i farmed 5,000 acre crops, and my 15 acres of hemp gave me more problems, what with the fiber wrapping, I'd say you have to be a pro as a hemp farmer, regardless of the acreage. Whether one can make the case that even larger harvests might be handled equally efficiently without diesel engines depends on how many homo sapiens or trained oxen or workhorses are available to work with single-minded focus for a couple of days at a stretch. And when farm mechanization moves to solar-powered electric, then I'll get interested in it. I mean it. If we can automate in a way that's both regenerative and equally vital, quiet enough to hear bees, I'll learn my ohms and my bolts. I'll even get myself a welding mask. It's already starting to happen for other crops. The farmers at Hana Ranch a 3,000 head cattle operation and orchard on Maui right. converted a 1948 <laughs> Alice Chalmers Model G tractor to electric power because in the words of ranch mechanic Evan Fortno,
0: there right, is everybody. no
1: maintenance required except
0: on for Wednesday Tuesday. Wednesday we'll catch more of Doug next week thank you for that Nugget. we love you um, thank you for tuning in thanks for calling in Aaron from Israel Israel? Wow, that's awesome. And uh, next week, we've got some awesome guests on all. And uh, thank you so much for tuning in to Weezy Day, Wednesday, October the 7th. Be nice to each other. Come on. Don't be mean. If someone's not wearing a mask, maybe there's a reason. Leave them alone. And don't go outside if you're that trick. Okay. (laughs) And next week, your um, post office prices go up get your Christmas presents out now. I was just informed of that. So if you start mailing packages, they're going to start raising their prices. Ooh. All right. Happy Wednesday, Wednesday. Remember, be smart, be safe, and educate. We have no sound effects. Dust, we're sound effects. See if this one works. All right, kids. Have an awesome day. Happy Wednesday, Wednesday.